Welcome to the Happy Business Show featuring Therese Skelly of HappyInBusiness.com. Listen in as we pull back the curtain and share real-world stories of successful business owners just like you. You'll love the truth, honesty, and inspiration revealed in each episode. And now, Therese Skelly. This is Therese Skelly, and I'm so excited to have you here for another episode of the Happy Business Podcast. This is a place where I share my own ideas and wisdom, and I get to bring in the coolest people who also share from not only their lives, their truth, their journey, but they also share amazing skills. So today, I'm very excited to have Will Wood with us, and Will's kind of a new friend. I got invited to speak in Denver for the Empower Network, and Will was the trainer for the day. And Will, um, holy heck, Will, can I just like brag on you? Are you are you cool? Can you can you handle some? <laughs> yeah. So we got to have dinner. You know, the whole group got to have dinner, and I'm sitting next to this person, going, "Wow, this man has so much joy, and he's just so like so present." And so, of course, Will's talking about his meditation practice, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, this, this is pretty cool." And then I got to see him train. Because he was on like all day. We're talking a grueling day. And Will is probably one, can I just say, I think one of the best trainers I've seen in terms of holding the space, holding the energy, connecting with the audience. So I was like, Will, can you come and talk to my people? <laughs> so, hey, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, sure. So, so let me just do a quick, that's the tree. I think the tree bio is like way more fun than the formal one. But, uh, you know, I'll give you a little formal bio. So Will began to study hypnosis, NLP, and, and like Will is, Will had like a 2,000-word bio, so I said, we're going to chop. So Will is trained with every, like, Will is so certified and trained and, like, really masterful. And since 2008 and the beginning of his studies of hypnosis, he's helped more than 1,000 clients stop smoking, lose weight, improve sleep, overcome fears, relieve stress, break bad habits, prepare for athletic competitions, performances, and increase their income. Will's also trained and inspired more than 5,000 people in groups, classes, speeches, and seminars. He's the co-author of the book Change, A Little Book for Lasting Freedom, and the host of the Five Freedoms Show, a weekly show that shares powerful ideas on mental, emotional, spiritual, and social freedoms. And last year, Will started developing and rolling out NLP and hypnosis certification programs in two universities in Peru. He's also married with five kids and lives in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm really, really glad to be here. And it is awesome, awesome, awesome to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I just love not only bringing cool people on and exposing my audience to, like, different points of views and people that have, you know, there's a, there's a vibe that I'm after, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there, there's a standard to be on the happy business show. And it's about having a business that you love and a life that you love and a consciousness, you know, consciousness. And um, so first, let's talk about what do you do for your business today? Like, paint the picture of what you get to do, what it consists of, so people get to know a little bit more of your business. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I am a breakthrough artist. I'm a coach. I'm someone who helps some helps the individual, whatever they come into my office for, I help them get their mind and their heart right so that they can launch themselves forward into the next level of success, whether that's health success, whether that's relationship success, or whether they're looking to move forward with finances and their mm-hmm. business. And so that's what I do on a daily basis. I also am a trainer, and I travel all over the U.S. and 
up and down North and South America, mainly in Peru and South America, but I've been in uh, Costa Rica training and other areas, and uh, and I train on personal breakthrough technologies. So mm. sometimes I'm training hypnosis, sometimes I'm training NLP, sometimes I am training a coaching methodology and my mission in whatever I'm doing, whatever I touch, whether it's a podcast, whether it's something that I'm writing, whether it's a Facebook post, whether it's sitting one-on-one with a person, is how can I uplift this person? Mm-hmm. How can I help them level up? How can I help them transform their life? You really live that. That's that's what I was struck by because I, you know, we're at dinner with, what, 20 people, crowded restaurant. It was really late at night, and we were having this conversation, and I was like, wow. This dude just emanates joy. (laughs) I was actually in my hotel room going, I feel elevated from sitting with you. So it's working. Whatever you're doing is working. And and I know that's your practice. I know that's that's been your work. And and I want to tell you, if you're listening, I'm really excited because Will's topic today is the three phases of creation. So, oof, that's going to be awesome. So you're going to hear that in just a minute. But, you know, part of what I talk about on the show is because – Here's what I don't want people to do. I don't want people to sit there in their businesses saying, wow, this isn't working. Something's wrong with me. I guess I'm not cut out for this. You know, look how good they look, you know, that comparing your insides with everybody else's outsides, you know. And so I really am kind of like taking a stand for being real and pulling back the curtain. And people that have success today we didn't even get through overnight. Like, it's a journey, and there are things that we have done and things we've overcome and decisions we've made and things, using NLP terms, right, that we can model, right? And so for you, Will, was there ever time that you were in a job or a career or something that you're like, ugh, I am not happy? And then what did you do about it to get to where you are today? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It, it was about... 2005 that I was working in the corporate world. I have an MBA by a background, mm. and I was working for a good company, good products, good services, and I was I was in the corporate world, and I kind of felt like my soul was slowly being sucked away. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever been there. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I, I remember distinctly, I was in this little house, Grants Pass, Oregon, where I was living, I was looking myself in the mirror. I was shaving with my electric razor. I could hear the little buzzing. I could hear the birds chirping outside. I was looking in the mirror, and I could literally see that my soul was retreating from my eyes. And it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. I realized I was dying inside. And I wasn't dying because I was working for a bad company or had a bad boss. I actually liked the people I worked with. But the problem was I had disconnected from what I was built to do. And which is what I was just talking about a minute ago, right? My life purpose is to go out and to wake people up and to yeah. lift people. And I knew that, but I wasn't doing it. I was good at what I did. I was well compensated for what I did, but my soul was dead. Then I went to work that day, and I was in a meeting with all these people. A lot of them were 10, 15, 20 years ahead of me in their tenure with the company. And I looked around, and as I made eye contact with everybody there in the room, I realized they had given up. Oh. They had given up on their dream. Yeah. They had dr- given up on their purpose. And I could see it. My soul had just retreated like half an inch behind my skull. Theirs was gone. Couldn't even see the light yeah. now. And I thought, no way. I'm not going to do this. This is not going to be me. I'm going to go for it. I didn't even really know how I was going to go for it, but I knew I had to do something. And that was, for me, one of the critical moments where I realized if I don't pursue 
a passion. If I don't find out what I'm built for, if I don't get back into the, the space of helping people, which I knew was really what I was built for, I knew that mentally and emotionally I was going to wither away and die. And, and life is way too short. And mm-hmm. so I went, on a, I went on a quest to get into a helping profession. And at first I thought it was going to be med school. Wow. And I actually, yeah, I thought I was going to go into med school. I knew I mm-hmm. had to be with people. I knew I had to be heal- in, in a healing space. I knew I had to be working with people one-on-one. And I remember talking to my wife because at this point I had four children. Mm-hmm. I have five now, one on the way, baby coming in September, go us, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, and can we just say, and your oldest just left for college, so you got like a 20-year span, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like my oldest is leaving for college in the fall. She, she's actually back east working right now. Okay. Yes, um, yeah, so there's a huge gap, huge gap between them. But, uh, <laughs> so I had four kids at the time and an itty-bitty, I mean an itty-bitty baby, uh, and little, my little Caleb, who is now just turned 12, was just my itty-bitty toddler at that point. Um, and my, I remember having a conversation with my wife. So I was saying, well, I've got to get into a helping profession. I've got to get into a profession where I can be a healer. And I think that med school is the way. I had really good grades. I, I, you know, I had all the background. Mm-hmm. I just needed to go back and maybe take some pre-med classes. And my wife was like, well, it's going to take you like a year or two years to get your pre-med classes done. And then it's going to take you four years of med school. And then, you know, I wanted to specialize. So it'd be like, you know, oh, yeah. another five years. Of, and and she's yeah. like in your 30 and, you know, in your 30s and you've got four kids. And we're going to be like 70 by the time you get out of school. There's no path. There's no path for you. And so I, I, really, I really had to look inside at what had helped out me and where my passion lay. And where my passion lay, I knew was in helping people. And I said, well, what has helped me heal? And there, there were two other fields that came up. Chiropractics came up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then hypnosis. And hypnosis, mm. I, had, I had used hypnosis to relieve these terrible chronic tension headaches that I was getting, mainly because I was stressed out because I right. wasn't doing what I was built to Right. Do. Your body was but, telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my body was telling me, but I, it was it was hypnosis that helped me dial them down. Then it was chiropractic that helped me not have the headaches, not get the headaches so often. And so I said, man, hypnosis is something I should look into. And that is where I made a bold decision. And then I remember if we flash forward a couple of years, so I went through a training program, and then I, I, I remember at the end of the year going through this training program, I had a decision to make. And the decision to make was, do I follow my bliss? Do I follow my passion? Or do I just say, well, I've been trained and then, you know, kind of keep it on a hobby level or something. And I, and I remember talking to a gal named Elaine, who was my coach at the time, and bless her heart, she, she helped me change my life. I said, well, what's the next step? And she said, the next step is, if you don't, my experience is, if you don't, now that you're done with your training, if you don't go into business in the next 30 days, you're probably not going to do it. Wow. And I was like, well, that's, that's scary. That's terrifying. <laughs> and she goes, well, wouldn't it be more terrifying to keep on doing what you're doing. That is a good coach. That's a good coach. Yeah. And I was like, that's a good coach. And so I was like, okay, Elaine, I don't know how to do it. She goes, you figure it out. And she gave me a couple tips, you know. And so I went out, and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, corporate guy, understood mm-hmm. corporate business. Mm-hmm. It's very different. Even with an MBA, it's completely different. Oh, yeah. Totally different. I had not been trained for this. This is, uh, you know, this is small business 101. And mm-hmm. I went in and I, I bought, I remember I 
I figured my first step was to get a an office so I could actually see people. I had done I had done supervised training hours, you know, with clients mm-hmm. um, for my for my program, but I hadn't really ever seen a paying client. And so I found this little office, and I kid you not, the office was if I put out my my fingertips as far as the go. I'm a six foot tall guy. My wingspan just about touch, would touch each wall, so it was like <laughs> a little more than six feet. Six like feet a closet. <laughs> It was a closet. It was a closet. And then my and then my office was like eight and a half feet long. And then I had this huge tall ceiling. So it was like this glorified closet. It was like 88 square feet is what I had to begin with. And <laughs> that was my, my very first office. And then by day, I was corporate guy. And then by evening, oh. I was a yeah. superhero. And I would go and I would coach people from 6 o'clock in the evening or 6.30 whenever I got done until I finished. And right away, I was I, – people could see and feel my passion, and so I started getting yeah. referrals like crazy. And, um, and and so I would sometimes work from 6.30 in the evening till 11 o'clock at night or midnight. I remember – you go, can you coach people at midnight? Yeah, people do the same shift. And I was wondering, who's coming at midnight that you have people? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did. I absolutely, I had a full calendar. So I, I, I in fact, very quickly, I got to the point where I was working, uh, you know, working my corporate job by day, and then I was working like almost another forty hours. Oh my gosh! And on the weekends and stuff. And so here I am, and then I come to this crisis point, like a couple of years later, where my wife is like, "Hey, are we ever going to see you again?" Yeah, right. Right, because you you're you're working all day. You start at like you know six in the morning a lot of times and you're out of the house and then you're not home till like midnight, you know, when are we going to see him? So then I came to this point where it's like, well, do I, you know, I wasn't at that point, I wasn't making quite as much money from my passion business mm-hmm. as I was from my, my day job. My day job paid me really well. I wasn't making bad money, but I wasn't making as much. And so I was like, Oh, yeah. do I take the leap of faith that I can do this or do I, you know, or, or do I, you know, scale back or cut off the passion? And for me, I thought about it for, thought about it hard. Went back and forth for like a month, you know, stability, corporate job, benefits, had a pension even. Wow, who has a pension anymore, right? I mean, all these crazy things. Or do I go follow my bliss? Do I step do I step out into the wasteland and do I follow my bliss? And I made the, I, I remember the day when I called up my boss and I said, today is the day. And he said, I knew this was coming. Oh. Is there any way I can convince you to come back? And I said, not right now. And he says, well, I'll, I'll keep, I'll put in a good word for you. So if you want to rehire, you'll <laughs> you know, I was good at what I did. And, and then I left and the rest is hit. Well, the rest is, is history and there's a lot of history, but that's it. And what I would say is, no, you know, no matter who you are, there is a way to make your passion work. Yeah. And it won't, it's not all sunshine and roses. Life is hard. Sometimes it beats you down. Sometimes you have difficult decisions to make. But in the end, if you want to succeed and you're willing to follow people who will motivate you and lift you and inspire you, you can get it done. Well, you know what I love? A couple things. You had an awareness, because I think a lot of people get the symptoms and the signs, but they don't have the courage to really know what they know. Like you knew in that moment, like, oh, my God, my soul's dying. So I think sometimes people can talk themselves out of that knowing, and then, you know, then like they get thrown in their back pretty much. You know, life's like, oh, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. So 
Number one, you knew. Number two, you decided. And number three, God bless your wife. Like, because there's a lot of people that wouldn't have a spouse that would be like, oh, hey, sure, honey, you can be gone. You know what I mean? Like, like props to her because sometimes people in our environments like the old version of us or like the security that we bring. So if somebody doesn't have the awesome woman that you had at home, what would you say? Like, how would you... How would you help somebody that's like, I want to do this, but nobody believes in me, or people are telling me I'm crazy, or, you know, what would you say to somebody around that? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. First off, I want to backtrack just a little bit and, mm-hmm. and say, in the beginning, I didn't know what was wrong. That's why I, oh. I, had, you know, I didn't tell this part of the story, but I had chronic headaches oh. for almost a year daily, and wow. I didn't know what was going on. My body knew. Right. Your body was telling you. Right. Yeah. Yep. Body knew. I didn't know. And then finally, it was like, I was. why am I having headaches? Why am I so miserable? Why don't I want to go to work? And that uh, was had, like, got it. Epiphany. So it did, yeah. it did come, but it, there was an awareness, but it was a delayed awareness, and my body had to yell at me for almost a whole year straight. Mm. So sometimes it is the body that knows mm-hmm. before, sometimes it's the spirit that knows before you wake up and have a conscious awareness. The unconscious mind is brilliant and is always communicating with you. But what do you do if you don't have... A, a support structure. What I would say is find someone who believes in you because I think you do need that. We all need that. Mm-hmm. And it might be a relative. It might be a friend. It might be a coach. You might have to hire it. Right? You can hire belief, right? Um, Therese is amazing. And uh, she is. she breathes belief into people. It's one of my favorite things mm-hmm. about her. It, it's good to be around people like that. So if you don't have it, you can hire it. But you, I think you've got to find someone that's willing to look you in the eye and to say, you're meant for more than this. Uh, oh, I have a, an acquaintance. I have an acquaintance. I have an acquaintance. And he is an amazing healer. Uh, he does body-focused work. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I think it will distract from the story. But he had wanted to pursue his body-focused work. He developed a uh, somatic healing methodology. And... He hired uh, – no one around him believed him. No, mm. nobody, he had, he's making a lot of money in a corporate career, and uh, his wife believed in him, but the relationship was a bit strained, and so she couldn't even breathe belief into him because he wouldn't believe her right then. Uh, he having a, a difficult, a right, difficult right. But he did hire a coach, and uh, he went to his coach, and he had chickened out over and over and over again, and finally, bless this coach's heart – he sat him down and said, we need to have a serious talk. And the coach was brave enough to step up and to have the conversation that no one else in his life was willing mm-hmm. to say. To say, you need to step up and do what you're built to do. Yeah. And it took a really – his wife said that, uh, that she was in the next room listening in because she was on a speakerphone, and mm-hmm. her hair was curling because the coach was so bold. He wasn't mean. He was bold. Yeah, no, I understand. It's like taking a stand for somebody. Yeah, taking a stand for somebody. And so sometimes you've got to go out and you've got to find somebody who believes in you enough to have the hard conversation mm-hmm. to say, you are meant for more than what you're doing right now. And if right now, if you're listening to my voice and you're saying to yourself, I, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know if I can. I am here to tell you that you were built for more than you're doing. And it's time to stand up and it's time to do what you were meant to do. Because I believe with all of my heart that there is a work that you are built to do 
And if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. There are people, there are lives, there are men and women and children who are counting on you to stand up and to step into your passion and to do what you're meant to do. And so my question back to you today as you listen is, will you do it? Nice. Will you do it? Wow. So one more one more. Oh, one more nice. No, I'm just, you know what, Will, this is, this is like, I'm like, I'm like, this is why I brought you here. <laughs> like, well, I know you have the really, some really cool content, but we can just hang up now and I would feel complete. I'd feel like, holy heck, just that message, just that alone, to have somebody say, you're meant for more than this. Wake up to that. I'm like, oh, goodness. I just, so, I just, I'm kind of just rolling around in that because that's so true. So thank you for just being a stand for that. Okay, now the next thing. Go ahead. Well, the next thing is, is if, you, if, if you're in a position where you need to start off by finding, you know, finding hope and you say, well, yeah, gosh, I, I'd love to go out and have an awesome coach. I don't know if I can afford that right now. I don't know if it's quite the right time. You can start with books and inspirational messages. So the, the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now is a really good sign. It means that you've already started to surround yourself by people with people. Right. Because here's the, real, here's the really cool thing. If you can't afford a coach right now. If you can't go out and pay $20,000, $40,000 for, you know, a top-notch coach, what you can do is you can buy their books. You can read mm-hmm. them from cover to cover. Mm-hmm. You can download their podcasts. You can show up to one of their group classes. You can attend yeah. the workshop. You can, you can do the little things on a day-by-day basis. Here's what I know about me. In order to keep my mind right, I've got to have a coach at all times. Now, sometimes I have a one-on-one coach, and sometimes – I, I pick a guy or a gal, and I say, I am going to get everything I can out of their group stuff for a year. So, for example, mm. last year, I think I attended, like, 13 workshops by the same guy. Wow. And over and over and over again, weekends, 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 right? And when I wasn't at his weekend seminars, I was listening to his audios. Mm-hmm. I was reading books because you've got to fill up your mind with people mm-hmm. who believe. And the cool thing is for, gosh, you know, with a used book on Amazon, you can get, uh, you know, for uh, four bucks, five bucks, mm-hmm. you can have mm-hmm. somebody breathing belief into you for free on a podcast. You can listen to Therese Kelly and get some awesome motivation. You can surround yourself with people who breathe belief into you, even if they're breathing belief from a distance. And the very first person who breathed belief into me was Zig Ziglar, and I had never met the man. I was 18 years yeah, old. I was just taking yeah. a sales job. My dad said, you're going to need some help. And he oh, gave me awesome. Zig Ziglar's setting program, and he said, listen to this every day, all summer long while you're selling. I took my dad's advice. Mm-hmm. He followed it. with gave me some Stephen Covey afterwards, and it was Stephen Covey and Zig Ziglar breathing mm-hmm. life to the will all summer long. There you go. That's such that is such great content. I love that. Okay, but I have to hear about your three phases of creation because I because so you, we talked about the kind of the con- contextual. Here's what you need, but now you're going to go like dial it in. Like, okay, how do you create? Right. So, um, that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, so when you talk about three levels of creation, just just riff, just start with what is what is that. Well, okay, so I, I call them, sometimes I call them three levels of creation, three phases of creation. But I, I think all of us at some point have been, uh, have been exposed to somebody who talks about how to manifest your desires. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think there's, I have, from every book or tape that I have ever studied on that, I've gone through hundreds at this point, I have learned something 
unique. And I don't know that I invented any of this. I kind of organized it in a way that makes sense to me. And so I hope that as I share these three phases of creation, by the time that we're done, you will have some ideas that you can immediately apply to whatever it is that you're trying to create. Because in the end, we are creators, whatever we're creating, whether we're creating relationship health or whether we're creating physical health or whether we are going out to manifest our financial dreams and desires. We are creating, and I believe that there's three levels to to creation, and I believe that all creation starts in the mind. So right now, if you want to remember, sometimes when I'm doing a workshop, I have people reach up and touch their head. So if you touch your head, this will remind you where creation starts. And let's think about this for just a minute. Let's imagine that we're building a house. We have our dream home that we want to build. It's time to, time to finally build that amazing house. When do you actually start the building process? You start the building process after the building is complete. First, you go to the architect. Well, first, you have a dream. Then you go to the architect. The architect draws the sketch. You say, yes, this looks good. Then you bring it into the blueprinting phase. You have someone run through, and they have to, they have to plan down how many, you know, how many boards are there in this thing. Mm-hmm. How many, you know, what's the support structure look like? What's the foundation look like? Then you go into the planning phase. How, what, what's the time frame? How are we going to bring this to pass? So there's different phases in mental creation. And all creation starts in the mind and unless you, you use, you're really utilizing all aspects of the mind, I, I don't believe that you're going to be that effective. So if I go to just build a house and I show up to the building site and I've got a hammer and a bunch of two-by-fours and I just start throwing them together, it's not going to turn out the way I want. So it's got to start off in the mind. And so this, mm-hmm. this applies, let's apply this to business because I think that's what we're talking about mainly today. It, you know, with your business, it starts off as, as a dream. For me, all those years ago, shaven. It started off saying, I'm not doing the right thing. I need to do the right thing. Yeah. That's what it started. It started as, a, I don't want to be here. i got to be somewhere else. But if that's all it was, it never would have, it never would have prospered. So mm-hmm. at some point, there had to be a plan, right? So you go through your blueprinting phase. You go, you go through your dreaming phase. Then you go through your blueprinting phase where you get practical. Then you go through your planning and implementation phase. And that all starts in the mind. This is probably... What the, I think the folks who teach, like, the secrets and the law of attraction, they do really well. They talk mm-hmm. about and the mind how part, to utilize, yeah. yeah, the mind part of creation. And sometimes I don't know that it's connected to the other mm-hmm. phases of creation, which is why mm-hmm. I sometimes see people stunted, because all they do is they get stuck in the mind. Right. And at some point, there needs to be a bridge between thought reality and the practical reality. So phase two creation is when we start to speak about it. And if you want to do an interesting, an interesting experiment <laughs> on, on your vision, stand up in private in front of the mirror and give yourself a three to five minute speech about where you're going. And notice, what does your body do? Ah. when you start to have that speech. Does your body start to rebel against the vision? Do you find yourself hesitating to say certain things? If you cannot speak your vision in private, when it comes time to move into the public eye, 
When it comes time to pitch your idea to the shark tank, when it comes time to pitch your idea to the bank, when it comes time to recruit your business partner who you need because you're missing a skill, and you can't stand confidently, and if your body doesn't cooperate with you and your voice doesn't cooperate with you, you're in a lot of trouble because we create our reality first with the mind and then with our words. And our words will oftentimes expose where we are hesitating, Mm -hmm. where we are unsure, where we're filled with doubt, and where we need to go back and do more mind and emotion work. Okay, so I actually want to go back. So keep going, because I want to go back. I I have a clarifying question. So let me know when I can ask that. No, that was a great time. Perfect. Okay. Okay, so step one is to create in the mind. And then I love the speak it. I love, that's just super powerful. And what I find, Will, is that so many people, they go, oh, I'd love to do this, and then the following thought is, ah, but it wouldn't work. Ah, I call those the gremlins, right, that that unconscious part that's like, who do you think you are? How do you, this is the work I do, is is helping people, like, not collapse into that. So how do you, um, because I know you've got skills in this area, so if somebody is stuck, even in the mind part, before you speak it, how can they flip that? Well, this is awesome. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack because I could literally talk about this. For I know. <laughs> so, so excited. We both get excited about this topic. We're like, ah. Yeah, this is so, so sick. So let's go back to the mind for a minute because yeah. it really starts in the mind. I think that one of the core reasons to visualize and to imagine, to use the mind to create and to use your words is to expose the areas where you are unsure, where you're having doubts, where you're having the, what you call gremlins. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, I have a vision board. I'm looking at it right now. Right now, I'm in my bedroom as we're having this, uh, this conversation. It's a great place for me to hang out. And I'm looking at my vision board, and I've got a few different things on vision board. I've got a financial goal. I've got a health goal. I've got a couple other personal goals that I'm not going to go into. And I've got these things and on my vision board. I have different images that I look at. Now, this is mm-hmm. creating with the mind. This visualization okay. is one way to create with the mind. Well, what happens for most people when they begin to visualize? Almost everybody, especially if the goal stretches you. Mm-hmm. Now, if the goal isn't stretching you, it might be a different thing. Right. If the goal stretches you, the first thing that happens when you start looking at your vision board, the first thing that happens when you start blueprinting, the first thing that happens when you start making plans is those gremlins start to say things like mm-hmm. you're not good enough or mm-hmm. you don't deserve this or, oh, man, you're not going to do this or who, who do you think you are or right. whatever it happens to be. Now, there's a couple of things that, that you can do. What, now, first off, what I'll say is, is from the mind creation piece, most people will not visualize long enough to get to the other end of that. So if mm. all they're doing is looking at their vision board and all they're hearing is gremlins, you have visualized gremlins for mm. a minute, two minutes, whatever it happens to be. You're, what you're reinforcing, you're actually reinforcing the doubt. So what I tell people is don't be afraid of the gremlins. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to work through them. So what I tell people is when they're visualizing or when they're doing their mind-based work or when they're doing their verbalization work and they're speaking their world into existence, if if negativity comes up, if those gremlins get you, sometimes what I call a tail-end affirmation, 
It's the affirmation that comes after the affirmation. I am awesome. No, you're not, right? Yes, I am. No, you're not. When you get that, instead of fighting it, I tell people have a special book that's dedicated exactly to that and capture it. Hmm. Put it down. So it's like going with the resistance then. Yeah, accept it. Here it is. Boom. Here's my rule book saying I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna capture it, at least the main ones, the strong ones. And I'm gonna capture it so I can change it. Not so that I submit to it, but so that I can do something with it. And at any given time there's usually for most people they'll have between three and five dominant negative uh-huh. thoughts, neg- and sometimes it's more of a visualization, like I'm much more visual. Um, when I'm when I'm doing these things, so I don't get so much the negative critical talk, but I get like destructive images, you know, you know, death and destruction, you know, <laughs> right? And so that, that's how my brain works. That's how my brain does catastrophe. And so what I'll do is I'll write down a little bit about it, and then I will start to work through a process to change it. And because it, life is too short, there are too many ways to change those thoughts. I think from a from a methodology standpoint, I think that, there, that every technique that I've ever seen falls into one of three categories, okay. and they all work. And so, I, now having said that, there's like thousands of techniques that work, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I don't care which one you use, but once you've captured that thought, once you've captured the gremlin, you've got to do something to turn the gremlin into a fairy, right? Or you've got to turn the gremlin into a, <laughs> into a helper, right? You've got you to mm-hmm. change that thing. So three, the three big categories of techniques, number one is reframing Reframing is where you change the meaning or the context of your thought. In fact, your thought may have an appropriate context, but if it runs wild and it goes into a bunch of contexts where it shouldn't be, it could actually be harmful. Right. So either change the meaning or change the context. And there are great books that talk about reframing. One of, I think one of my favorite authors for reframing, if you're if you're new to the idea of reframing, is Byron Katie. She has mm-hmm. great, great books. Loving the Williams. work, yeah. yeah. The work, the work is fantastic. Reframing work for a for a beginner helps you turn things around and and start that reframing process. So but there's lots of other ways to reframing. Cognitive behavioral therapy is basically uh, reframing work for uh, you know reframing thoughts, re- re- reframing thoughts, reframing feelings. So then you have. The second category of techniques, which are techniques to change your state. Mm. Your, your emotional state absolute, and your energetic state absolutely affect the way that you think. Think about it. When you're low and crashed out, all that you can see is doom and gloom and despair. How many right. depressed people have you ever bumped into? And when they're depressed, they, they say, I've never been happy. And you know that's not true. You say, yeah, yeah, right. But they get hijacked. Their state hijacks them. Yeah. Their state hijacks them, right? And so, but the same thing. So I talk about an energy thermometer. So imagine an energy thermometer that goes from negative 100, which is like, man, I'm in danger of maybe leaving the planet, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really, really messed up. From To zero, which is kind of like I'm neutral, to 100, which would be I just finished an awesome weekend with Tony Robbins. I <laughs> stood on my chair. I waved the flag. I lit my underwear on fire. <laughs> So I walked on fire, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so that's a hundred. So then the question is, is where is your where is your emotional energetic state right now? And here is this this for me changed my life 
Because where do gremlins attack? They attack you when you are usually below zero. Right. That's where gremlins are at their worst. And one of the fastest ways to do that is to do something to change your state. And by changing your state, you can pop yourself. It's like taking years ago, I was, I was in Seattle, Washington, getting ready to catch a plane, and there were clouds everywhere and fog, dense, dense, dense fog. And you couldn't see anything. And then we got in that plane, and we punched up above the cloud layer, and it was sunshine. Yeah, yeah. And raising up your energetic state will also punch you up above the cloud layer in your life. And I can't tell you how many people that I've worked with, as we help them move their energetic state up, the gremlins just disappear. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because they stay, they stay below the cloud cover. Because that's where gremlins live. That's a great metaphor. That's such a beautiful visual. Yeah. So what's the third one? Third one is what I would call energetic or spiritual work. And mm. I use the two words interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I don't think you can explain with reframing. And I don't know that you can explain with only state changes, although mm-hmm. spiritual or energetic work oftentimes will change states. But there is something about the human energy system. There's something about the spirituality that we have where people have major shifts and they can happen in an instant, and they can turn people around. And so there's mm. techniques in energy healing and spiritual healing that might not even be a technique, but it is the, like, for example, have you ever stood in the presence of a true spiritual master? Mm. And you stand in their presence, and your mind goes, mm-hmm. I've had that happen. And it's like, well, I can't explain this with reframing. I can't explain this. You know, Will, you're, hold on, hold on. Your sound is kind of getting, it's kind of cutting out a little bit. So, hello? An energy that causes my mind to go silent. Or, for those of you that pray, have ever been praying, and all of a sudden, spontaneously, the divine reaches down and rearranges your brain or rearranges yeah. your emotions. I can't explain that. Or an energy healing. Go do an energy healing. You can't even tell what they're doing. They put their hands on you or they do something, and then boom! Right, it's a shift. Um, your your sound is really quiet, so I don't know if you want to just grab your phone and not be on the Bluetooth, or because we're having yeah, yeah, a hard yeah. time hearing you. My Bluetooth just died. It's died. Perfect. Okay, perfect. How long okay. ago did I? Just for like two, se- two I, sentences. I, two sentences. We, two um, sentences ago. Uh, yeah. So, but you're right. So, so those. So anyway. Those are the three reframes, which thank you so much, because that's where it's one thing to say, yeah, you got to create in the mind, but if people don't have the tools to shift stuff that comes up, I think, so this, this was awesome. I love that you, you went deeper with this, with this part of it. So tell me the level three. I, I think it's super, ahead, super important. Yeah, we're probably winding, winding down to the end of what we got here. I know. I wish I could have you on for like three hours. I wish we should do a three-hour podcast. <laughs> Bring your lunch. Let's go. Yeah. So we have level one, which is creating in the mind. Level two is speaking your creation into existence. And level three is? Well, level two is speaking your creation into existence. And I say you practice in private and then you move into public. You practice in private so that when you're presenting in public, it's already there. You've spoken your story. It's in existence. Your body knows how to respond and your voice knows how to respond. Then level three is taking inspired action. And... All of these three levels are about alignment. 
First, you align your mind to your creation. Mm -hmm. You align your beliefs. You align your thoughts. You align your plans. You align everything in your mind to what you're creating. And you align your heart. Mm -hmm. Speaking your world into existence allows you to align your body language and allows you to align your tonality and your confidence and your eye contact. It allows you to align your being, your physical being, with your creation, and then inspired action is about doing those things that brings alignment into your doing world, not just your being world. And here's the question. You take a millionaire. You take somebody who's a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. If you think the way they think, if you've aligned your thinking to the way they think, if you speak the way they speak, and you hold your body in the way that they hold their body, and then you do the things that they do, how long will it take you to have the reality that they have? And the answer is not very long. Now, it might take a couple of years, depending on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But in the moment that you put yourself into full alignment with your creation, your creation will come into being. Now, it's not about taking random actions. It is about taking inspired action that comes and flows from the center of who you are in mm -hmm. perfect alignment with what you want. And that's it. Those are the three. That's it, right? Like, whoa, oh my God, oh, just that's that. That's <laughs> right? <laughs> just that, just that little thing, that little three-step thing, yeah. Wow. And, as you, and I, the, last thing, the last thing I want to say is as you take your actions towards, as, as you take your inspired action towards your goal, it will also expose where you have gremlins. Mm -hmm. It will expose the thinking as you go to take, you know, you need to make the phone call, but as you go to pick up the phone, you start to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you've got an avoidance gremlin. As you go to pitch your deal at the shark tank, you're filled with fear. You've got a fear gremlin. And that's where you come back to the three tools or the three categories of tools. And you go and you start changing that stuff to put yourself more and more in alignment. And that is where your life changes is when you align your thoughts, your words, and your actions. That's awesome. And, you know, a lot of people say, gosh, I thought I already worked on this. Ah, and, and I'm like, well, do you have a pulse? Like, you know, you're going to work on it as long as you have a pulse. But, but speaking to you, because I think what happens, Will, is people, I know, for me, the action is where, like you say, it, it shows you where you're out of alignment. But when you get to that next level of, of whatever that is, say you're going to cross that six-figure mark, you're going to cross that multi-six-figure mark, or, or you're going to open yourself up to love, or whatever the thing is that's like, ah, a little bigger or scarier, how do, how do you it's, – it's almost like you've got to recalibrate to that next level. Yeah. And, and that is. More, go ahead. Yeah, no, that, that's it. That, it's that's alignment. It. You're alignment that's alignment to the yeah. new level. It's alignment, and that's aligning. And remember, it's, it's not just aligning the actions, because I've seen people taking the actions, but their words aren't lined up with their actions. Yeah, yeah. And their thoughts aren't lined Their thoughts and emotions aren't lined up with their actions, so they're out of alignment. So they work really hard, but they never make any progress. Yeah. But if they took the feedback from their body, if they took their feedback from their words, they're like, wow, why did I say that really self-deprecating thing? Mm -hmm. Where, like, I've done that, right? I've been making a presentation. All of a sudden, I make some self-deprecating remark. And then afterwards, I'm watching it. I'm like, where did that come from? Oh, I'm kind of gremlin. I didn't even see it in the moment. It's like, there it is. What the heck? And then you uh -huh. go and you work on that. You release right. it. You reframe it. You change right. your emotional state. You get an energy healer to help you out. Boom. Then you move right. through it. And then that 
is Good. that part of you can be in alignment. Yeah, I say it's not like a tattoo. It's not like one and done, set and forget. Like it's like it's a constant, you know, you move it and then you're like, oops, found new stuff. But that's life. That's the flow. I really love these three parts because you're right. So many people, a lot of people talk about part one and part three. Either, you know, you get get it right in your mind and get the, get the action going. But I love speaking into it. I, I, I use that a lot with my clients as well. And um, I, oh, this, 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 this triad is it. So I so, so, so appreciate you sharing this today. Oh, my gosh. I think my folks are going to be like, listen, this is going to be a popular one. They're going to listen to this over and over. So, so I, first of all, I'm imagining people will want to follow you. You know, Will does a lot of really cool videos. And, and so if you go to Facebook, you could go to his private page, William Wood. But Facebook, I would say go to your business page or your, what, what do we call them now, fan pages, pages, business, whatever the heck that is. It's called um, The Freedom Blog. The Freedom Blog. Because well, there's a lot of videos and trainings and um, you just want to follow, you want to follow this man. And, but you've got a coming up. So if you're listening to this now, in August, Will has an event. Uh, this is past August, you, you miss it. But um, you want to talk really briefly about the event in Las Vegas in case some people are interested yeah, so in I'm going gonna deeper. Be teaching, yeah, I'm going to be teaching a one-day conference in Las Vegas on belief change. And this conference is designed to teach people over six hours, seven hours, something like that. I'm going to be teaching the basics of how to change a belief. So we're talking about these thought grammars. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of beliefs that serve us, right? So we don't want to change those. But do you have a belief like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not sure I can do this, or I don't know if I, I deserve wealth or success or relationships or what, whatever they are. There's simple technology to change beliefs, and I'm going to be going through two of our three, of our three pillars. I'm going to be talking about how to change state to change beliefs, and I'm going to be talking about how to reframe to change beliefs. And so I'm going to be walking, having people walk away with some basics on how to do that. And I think that's going to be on Thursday, the 25th. Let me just take a look. It's August 25th. That's what you wrote, yeah. Yeah. So Thursday, the 25th, and uh, I guess you can get more information if you want from the office. Uh, You can call me at 801-203-3405. That's probably the best way to reach out if you're interested in it. If you missed it, um, I'd love to tell you what else I've got going on. So all mm-hmm. the time in Utah, I've, I've got cool stuff going on in Utah, and then I travel all over the place teaching and training. I'd love to mm-hmm. let people that's know awesome. what, I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah, that's cool. And I'll put these links in the uh, in the blog notes. And so, Will, it's, oh my gosh, I really wish I could have you for more hours because this is this is really, really, this, this, you know what I always say to people is, it's not the doing. Anybody can flow out a marketing plan. That's really not hard. To, like you know, to to get in front of people, the business building parts. Those aren't the hard parts. The hardest part is the being, who you're being, staying in alignment. You know, like like looking in the mirror and going, you are capable of more. There is more that you're supposed to be doing. That, in my estimation, is the work. And you embody the work so beautifully. So I just thank you so much for sharing and just blessing my audience. So anything you want to say before we wrap up? No, it's been a pleasure. I just love being here. This has been like the funnest hangout time. One of the things that struck me the first time we had dinner is just how fun you are and how vibrant and radiant. And I just want to say that it's been an honor to be here on the show. Mm-hmm. And it has been an honor to spend some time with your people. And I just want to say that um, I am grateful to be here. And I believe that the person hearing this today 
was meant to hear it. There are Absolutely. no accidents. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, that was so nice. That was a nice way to end. So I was going to say thank you so much for listening. This is a happy business show. We're delighted you're here. So feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear your big takeaways. What's one thing you're going to do differently as a result of listening to the, the, the amazing things that Will shared with you today? So leave a comment on the blog or on iTunes. Much love, peace, and blessings. This is Therese. Bye now. You've been listening to The Happy Business Show with Therese Skelly. Join us next time and invite your friends to join us at thehappybusinessshow.com. Visit thehappybusinessshow.com and get Therese's five-part video series, Eliminating Money Blocks. Thanks for tuning in.